Aldi is hosting National Hiring Week for stores September 12th through the 18th. Over the past several years, we've grown rapidly, expanding from coast to coast. That means more opportunities for you to join our store teams across the country. You'll also benefit from our newly increased wages. During National Hiring Week, qualified candidates will be invited to interview on-site and may receive same-day job offers. Join us and apply online at careers.aldi.us slash radio. Welcome to more. Aldi is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. But the band is together. Boys and girls, it's the Huddle Up! Podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, Still in the throes of vanquishing some virulent beast, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Broncos announced a slew of hires today, most of which we already knew through uh, insider reporting. Uh, But what's this about a coach, the Broncos hiring a coach to coach the coaches? Yeah. Yeah, they talked about this. Um, It's not official yet, and uh, Mike Kliss reported earlier today. His name is John. I'm spacing his last name, like Franz or something like that. So he's going to be pretty much the senior advisor to Nathaniel Hackett, special assistant to the head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. That's what his role will be, uh, providing information technologies. It seems like he's just a good guy to have around that can be a fixer for your problems and someone that Nathaniel Hackett, being a rookie head coach, can lean on. He also has on the defense defensive side of the ball for let's say Elijah Ajiro Evero Ajiro Evero he brought in Dom Capers in that same capacity he retained Bill Collar in a, a consultant role it, these are smart moves on Hackett's part realizing the Broncos coaching staff is going to be among the most inexperienced in the NFL next year that among the youngest cumulatively in the NFL last year so it's smart on his part to get some guys around him he can lean on and then have a little more experience in the field so this fellow's name uh, here's Mike Kliss today, quote, Hackett, thinking outside the box with young coaching staff comprised largely of college coaches with little to no NFL experience, a new way of teaching players. Per sources, Hackett has even hired John Vera to coach the coaches, a coaching coach, if you will. And then he goes on to say, per his LinkedIn page, John Vera is a Broncos, <clears throat> pardon me, a special assistant to the head coach slash Zach, instructional designer. Man, they're like inventing new titles. Instructional uh, he, designer. Instructional like, designer. He he's doing his similar, office or something? <laughs> perhaps. he says. It says, uh, last thing, he held similar position previous two years with the Packers. Vera and Hackett both got neurobiology degrees from UC Davis, etc. So kind of interesting. We can talk through a few more of the coaching hires that many of our audience might not be aware of, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that he's thinking outside the box. Um, I mean, look, six years of being in the NFL doldrums, it's time for and, – and very um, – what's a good word for it, Zach? Very um, traditional uh, type of coaching moves and hires and kind of thinking by the Elway regime pre-George uh, Payton and – What do you got to lose now if you're the Denver Broncos? You've tried that tact. Now, granted, we could still argue that tact in terms of where you're making the right coaching hires and all that. But my point being, you're going off the beaten path. If you continue to do what you've always done, 
you'll continue to get what you've always got. So it's that kind of philosophy, I think, guiding George Payton to make that hire of Hackett and then Hackett everything he's doing. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. You know, what strikes me is how much George Payton, in a good way, is overcompensating for the Van- the Vic Fangio era. I mean, they couldn't have gone away or further away from the Fangio model than they have been under Hackett. Just pure young guys giving uh, first-timers a shot, Chad. Having an instructional designer on his staff, this is also a guy who who taught breakdancing and rap breakdancing, so maybe that's what he's conjuring up in Dove Valley, some sort of special moves for the team, but I, I just love uh the the way of thinking I, I think you said it best you tried it for even going back to Gary Kubiak that was the old guard NFL now you're in the new guard NFL you're in the new wave the the modern wave and they're giving it a shot and I couldn't uh I couldn't be happier you know fortune favors the bold I saw that today yeah. one of my favorite expressions Chad and it kind of you know resurfaced in my mind and that's what I think um applies George Payton. He's taken a home run swing for the fences and we're not done yet because he has his quarterback next to uh, pick up. That should be interesting. I think of Indiana Jones when I hear that fortune favors the bold and how true it is. Bearded Bronco throwing some uh, statistical distinctions at us on a topic that was unsettled on this morning's Broncos for breakfast. Is Scott here? He says, Justin Hollins is the other ex-Bronco to win the Super Bowl with Vaughn. Uh, so FYI, and by the way, on that topic, Broncos legend, Justin Hollins. Yeah. Former fifth round pick. What was it? 19, right? Fifth mm-hmm. round pick in 19. Uh, but Kenny Young, who was none too pleased <laughs> to be traded to the Denver Broncos, man, he's got to be out hard out right that now, sucks. right? Yeah, that sucks. But things happen for a reason. And uh, I am happy for Vaughn. And uh, I saw, did you see the video of him after winning? He was just in tears, speechless. And this is a guy who's already Super Bowl MVP. I know I'm going off topic, but you know, it's the way the NFL works. And I've seen all these like polls who won the trade between the Rams and the Broncos. I think Vaughn's the biggest winner there, but everyone won. And that's what I like to see. It's a rare three-sided trade where everyone, uh, it worked out for everybody. Most definitely. I also love to see Vaughn giving props uh, after the game, gets showered. He's got at a podium of sorts and uh, said, "I want I won this one for DT." And he he referenced a few other you know Bronco related. Just really cool to see Vaughn. Look, we're happy for Vaughn. I was still kind of rooting for the Bengals just because I'm an underdog guy, and the Bengals had never won a championship. Would have been cool to see. But look. Matthew Stafford, he was an 09 number one overall pick. He's on the back nine. I mean, he could go on to play quite a quite a ways yet, many years, I'm sure. But Joe Burrow's just getting started. Something tells me this isn't going to be the last time since he's in the in the big dance. Zach, and then we'll grab Travis. Jamar Chase roasted Jalen Ramsey on that final play of the game where uh, Burrow was under pressure. There was a, uh, a t- all twenty two shot of it. He made Jalen Ramsey fall down. If Burrow has one second more, it's a walk in touchdown game over. So they have to invest in that line. It literally cost them a Super Bowl championship. Mm. Talk about eating your heart out. Travis Tarbach, though, in the house. What's up, big dog? He says, good evening, Priest and Broncos country. I'm definitely happy for Vaughn. I missed the live show last night, but I watched it after the fact this morning. You're a prince. Really appreciate that, my friend. Really do. Thank you for the stars. Guys, just so you understand, you know, like you see on on the ticker here at the bottom of the video screen, when we get stars, when we get super chats, It keeps the lights on here at MHH. <clears throat> Pardon me. And it allows us to 
continue to diligently work hard to bring you this content seven nights a week, plus uh, keeping the morning show going. And we got some big plans that we're announcing here very, very soon, uh, probably within a week or so for the morning. It's going to be really cool. We're going to be expanding other aspects of what we do. And it's fan funded. You guys are the ones that are funding these shows. And so, so long as you keep supporting us the way that you do, like Travis and so many of you, we're going to keep stepping up to the plate and bringing you the latest Broncos news, rumors, and analysis, which is what we love to do. So thank you, Travis. Let me see what else is on uh, the, the, the mind of the chat here. There's a few things I want to talk about here. Um, let's grab Zeus real quick, though, jumping in. Legendary figure in MHH lore. All right. If you can peer through the clouds in Mile High and you see the MHH Mount Rushmore first face etched. Well, let me go this way. This cat right here. Stu, a.k.a. Zeus McPeak with a very generous super chat. Love you, bro. It's good to see you. I would do a, a, a Zeus right now, but it would, oh, you know, it wouldn't be it. great. Zeus. There we go. Nailed it. Appreciate you, Stu, as always. Good to see you. And by the way, Stu kind of teased me with some cool news for him and his family that is hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, coming to fruition here in the very near future. I don't want to spoil that for him on a public stage, but pulling for you on that, my dog. Um, Zach, there is a topic. We'll get more to the coaches, but real quick, two, two other topics I wanted to get your thoughts on. So the Denver Broncos, tail end of the season, down the stretch, you know, they're doing the old, you're on the practice squad. Now we're going to uh, elevate you game day, and then we're going to put you back to the squad. And then we're actually going to promote you to the active, and then we're going to cut you to hopefully get you back to a saying Bassey. And they rolled the dice one time too many and waved him. And who swooped in? None other than Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers claimed him off waivers. And no doubt, Zach, being that he only went on to appear in one game for the Chargers, it was more of a move to kind of debrief, kind of some football espionage, if you will, to get the inside scoop on Fangio and what the Broncos were doing. And so now that he had outlived his usefulness, the Chargers cut him, and the Broncos were awarded him off waivers today. They put in a claim, plus a punter, Corliss something Waitman. or other. Thank you, Waitman. Uh, that's an interesting topic relative to Sam Martin's potential precarious situation. But the topic real quick of Asang Bassey, at first I was a little bit surprised. I'm like, really? Fangio's gone? Because he he was a guy that was a Fangio dude, man. Like ingratiated himself to Fangio. Jack of all trades kind of DB guy can play nickel, can play dimebacker, can play safety in the Fangio scheme. And then Fangio's gone. Were you at all surprised to see him come back here? And what yeah. do you think the, you know, the push is here? What's what's the thought process for George Payton? Well, you just said it, Chad. He can play. I don't think it's really dependent on one coach. If you can play, you can play. And he can play under Ajiro Evero, who is a secondary coach, by the way, with the Rams. So there's always there's always some connection there. And I like the move. He showed he can be a guy who can help on uh, passing downs, a guy you can use as your uh, number four, you know, your dime cornerback or whatever, however you want to play him. And I, it's a shame he couldn't get on the field last year because I thought as a rookie, he did a lot of good things. Him and Ojemudia both, I want to see more of. They need some help in that back end. Probably not bringing back Bryce Callahan or Kyle Fuller. You have Darby, you have PS2, but who's... After that, who who can you really rely on after PS2 on the depth chart? That's where Ojemudia or Bassey could step in. So it's February 14th. It's a, probably a low-risk investment. Why not? If you could count on uh, Ronald Darby to stay on the field, he was good when he was on the field for the most part for yeah. the Broncos in year one. But I'm with you on that. I mean, your number one nickel DB probably headed out the door in uh, Bryce Callahan. And normally I would say, Zach, that he, just find out wherever Fangio is going. That's where Bryce Callahan is likely to follow. But what's the but, scuttlebutt on Fangio, uh, dude? Yeah, I'm waiting on that five minutes to be up for Fangio. Longest five minutes of his career, Chad. Apparently he's taken the year off. And um, uh, this is how Schefter phrased it, which is obvious that he got it right from Fangio's agent, if not Fangio himself. Uh, he said, Fangio received multiple offers, but decided, in other words, they weren't good enough for him and he's going to take the year off. 
In other words, the real translation is he wasn't as popular as he thought he would be. He wasn't as in demand. Tom McMahon and Ed Donatel both got jobs before Vic Fangio. And you can question whether they accepted or settled for those jobs. But if Fangio was this defensive mastermind, Chad, truly, if he was this great Bill Walsh of the defense, he would have been hired by now, right after his dismissal from Denver. So that's the latest with Vic, and I think he overplayed his hand. Not surprising as well, considering how he exited the Broncos when his last comment was after the last game. Well, you can't win without a quarterback. Really, Vic, thanks. Shout out to uh, C. Patrick in the house with some stars. Really appreciate that. We also got Andrew Baker. And then, Scott, there's a there's a comment from BNS at 623. I want to get after uh, Andrew Baker. But Andrew in the house talking about, hey, support your favorite podcast host. Andrew shows up and does it day after day, and we appreciate you, my friend. And yeah, happy Valentine uh, Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, hope uh, hope everyone enjoys their Valentines, and you know, appreciate that special someone in your life, whether that's a husband, a wife, a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever. Happy Valentine's Day from the Huddle Up Podcast. Uh, BNS here, Zach, jumping in to say. Priest, absolve me of my sins. I'm told that I am anti-orange to suggest that Hackett and Kubiak could deliver a Tannehill situation with Locke. Can I be forgiven? You know, I don't even know. I'm not Catholic. I don't know how to genuflect and do that stuff. But yes, you can. Uh, obviously, very tongue-in-cheek here. But, uh, you know, you're you're preaching to the preachers here. We, I believe that, you know, when Mike Kliss tweeted on Sunday, and this is something that's worthy, Zach, since a lot of our audience was, um, you know, saw and logged by the time we went live last night. It's worth, re, you know, retouching on this. Um, I believe Mike Kliss's tweet on Sunday about how after the Packers said, look, you know, we're they, they leaked out to Ian Rappaport. We're on the brink of offering $45 million a year to A-Rod, uh, basically an offer that he can't refuse. Next thing, you got Mike Kliss quote tweeting saying, the Hackett, you know, Broncos, what was the exact verbiage? Something to the effect of the Hackett offense promises to uh, bring get the, the most. Yeah. Yes. You know, to paraphrase. All right. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Now, is it conspicuous that Drew Locke's name was not mentioned during the Hackett intro presser by Hackett or Peyton? It is conspicuous. And that is something that I'm going to be uh, paranoid analyzing for the next several months. But we hear things from the number one mouthpiece like Mike Kliss makes you wonder. But regardless, Zach, if push comes to shove and they can't get an A-Rod, they can't get a Russ, they can't, they don't like enough any of the quarterbacks or the quarterback they like, they can't maneuver to get, whatever, uh, and it devolves to Drew in a contract year 2022, I am of the opinion that we are likely to see a better version of the Drew Locke uh, quarterback that we've seen uh, the, at least the last two years. I think Drew gave himself some momentum, too, to end the season. He took care of the football, and it seemed like he grew up as a quarterback, and he won, I believe, some of his teammates over with his his guttiness, Chad, gutsiness, playing with a, a hurt shoulder and, and catching that Philly special. It's just the, the, the gamer nature of Drew Locke is very endearing to his teammates. So I'm right there with you. I would definitely peek into the A-Rod sweepstakes if those exist. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, what have you. I don't want anything to do with Carson Wentz or Jimmy G, but if George Payton tries and doesn't get a better quarterback, again, you can do a lot worse than having Drew Locke as your fallback. And um, I'll say the same thing I said on yesterday's show. If Mike Kliss is getting a message out there, it means the Broncos want that message out there. And apparently they want something out there to the effect of, hey, this is a pro-Drew regime now. This is not the Vic Fangio era. We have coaches that can unlock, pun intended, his best qualities and every quarterback's best qualities. I think it's a, a more of an indictment to the abilities of Hackett and Outen. Now, just to put a cynic's hat, yo-ho, Mark. Langley, the legend. I'm going to put a pin in this. I'm going to remember the word, though. Cynic. I'll come back to that. Dude, legendary God King himself, Mark Langley in Georgia, rocking the hat, rocking the, the Huddle Up Podcast hoodie in his profile pic. Now that I got this big old monitor, man, I, I can, you know, people's profile pics. I don't have to, like, squint and blow up my screen. Good to see you, bro. Hope the family's hanging in there. And uh, appreciate you. You know we do. You're the best, Mark. Thank you. Hope you're having a good night. Um, and Jacob, you're awesome, big dog. 
Um, thank you. Seriously. Thank you very much. Um, on the topic of the tweet coming from Mike Kliss. Now I'll put on a cynics hat just for a second and say, Hey, if you're the Denver Broncos and you want to, you're, you're George Payton and you do in a perfect world want to be able to maneuver for an A-Rod or a Russ or pick the quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who's not probably going anywhere now that Kevin O'Connell's there. No. Uh, whoever, whatever. You know, you want to create the impression that you're not desperate. You want to create the public posture, Zach, that you're not fit to be tied well into, you know, sell the farm to get right. even a, a seat at the table possibly – on Aaron Rodgers. And so, you know, the, the skeptics, the cynics, I can understand that. And I'm sure that's part of what led to, Hey Mike, can you, you know, here's, here's what we're thinking. Can you leak this out? I'm sure that's part of the strategy, but at the same time, I also believe it a little bit on face value a little bit. And maybe that's just the uh, Drew Locke guy in me saying, I want to believe it. But when yeah. it comes from Mike Kliss, I, I just take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, most of his tweets are very calculated, and he knows he has the reach that he does and uh, what he is to the organization. And, you know, anyone could have realized that Hackett and Drew Locke were going to hit it off, Chad, or that Hackett would like Drew Locke when he ran into him in the facility. And uh, so maybe so far, so good. Maybe behind the scenes, they hit it off better than we anticipated, Chad. True stepbrother stuff going on there. You yeah. never know. Miguel says, what's up, fellas? Showing some love on this lovely holiday. Hit that. Hey. For those of you in a committed relationship, I hope you all get a chance to hit that tonight. All right. That's from me, <laughs> from me to you. Okay. Hit that like button. Uh, <laughs> Gary Leeds Palmer, AKA oh, the, the legendary good. GLP. Good to see you, bro. Hey, Chad, Zach, Scott, just a little love. That love means the world to us. I hope you know that, GLP. And by the way, in case you didn't see my email to you, Little thank you is on its way to you in the mail. It's shipped. It's a, a little uh, something something is a small token of our appreciation for all that you do have done and continue to do for MHH. Thank you. And GLP, and this goes for any of you, when you get your merch, whether it's something we send to you, uh, no charge as a thank you, or if it's something you buy from the merch store at huddleuppod.com. Hey, we'd love it if you send us in a profile pic when you get that, that swag put on your hat, put on your t-shirt, put on your beanie, grab your mug, whatever it might be, send us a profile pic and we will flex on uh, Instagram and shout you out. All right. And, and MHH social Travis Tarbox. I'm definitely pro drew. I believe he can get better, but what if drew is offered in a possible trade for one of the big name quarterbacks? Then look, if it lands you, Aaron Rodgers, small price to pay because you only have drew, uh, under control for one more year anyway. And you're getting A-Rod, you're getting Russ, whatever, in this figurative, you know, possible trade. You're you're not really worried about so much beyond 2022. You're looking to maximize 2022 and maybe the immediate aftermath. And, you know, it's like John Elway said when they acquired Peyton. Well, you got rid of your young two years in first round pick, Tim Tebow, as the starter. I mean, what, Peyton's coming off the next what's your plan B? And he goes, there is no plan B. We're going with plan A, right? And that's basically the mentality. If you landed in Aaron Rodgers, you say goodbye to Drew. Thanks for everything. You're going plan A, Aaron Rodgers, or pick the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if, if those dominoes fall and Aaron decides that he wants to continue playing and he wants out of Green Bay and Green Bay acquiesces and trades him and they want Drew Locke back in return, I'm a big Drew Locke guy, but See you, Drew. Hope you like Green Bay. Hope you like cheese. You know, you're getting Aaron Rodgers, and that's the that's the prize there. I mean, it's one or the other. You want to either have a young developmental guy that you think you can build around, or you want to have the established future Hall of Famer who makes you a day one Super Bowl contender like A-Rod could. So. That's right. Phil McLaughlin, another great supporter. Man, we're just seriously blessed at MHH to have such a great community. Thank you, Phil, and thank you, Kevin. Also, Kevin... Saw your five-star review. I assume that was you on Apple Podcasts. Got your uh, hat in the ring for a potential uh, drawing at the end of the month. Really appreciated the kind words. Appreciated that five-star review. Seriously, thank you, buddy. And for this super chat, go Broncos indeed, big dog. Thank you. Uh, Rao Blitz on Twitch. By the way, MHH, why isn't bits or subs unlocked on your Twitch profile? Well, first of all, we're kind of newbies on Twitch 
And uh, the last I checked, we hadn't met a certain requirement to unlock that. Uh, I'll have to hop back in and see if maybe we finally have unlocked that. But Twitch has all kinds of, uh, for content creators and, and whatnot, all these little milestones you have to hit. Like with YouTube, here's an example. All right, if you want to monetize your site and be able to accept a super chat or uh, get ad revenue on your videos, which is a very little money that you earn from that, um, you got to reach a minimum, I think, of 1,000 subs, if I remember right. It's been a while since we were there. Uh, yeah, 1,000 subs, and then you can apply to be in the partner program. But once you've applied and are accepted into the partner program at YouTube, then the whole kit and caboodle opens up to you with the exception of a few other small things like you know, selling merch on YouTube, which is unlocked to us. We haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. And there's another one. Uh, what am I for? Uh, oh, selling memberships to YouTube. Um, they wait a little bit longer, whatever. Twitch has all these weird little ones, Zach, where you got to get this and then you got to get that and then you got to get this. It's actually quite daunting. And um, so we'll look into that though, Raul Blitz, and see what's up with that. Appreciate you. Man, I'm getting old because I have no freaking clue what a bits are in terms of like social media. I know subs, but I never never heard of bits. Just um, it's similar to the to Facebook stars and YouTube's wow. uh, super chats. Gary Leeds Palmer, the GLP. Yes, Chad, I got a note that it is on the way. Thanks much in Denver Broncos for life. Great, glad to hear it, Gary. Appreciate you, buddy. Um. All right, let's uh, let's see if there's any other topics in particular. We're doing good on time here on uh, the chat's mind. Um, Leroy says, if we keep the ninth overall pick, I want either Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley. Uh, what do you guys think, Zach? I don't know about that. Both are great players, you know, great corners. They're going to be great pros. You can make the case that, you know, Stingley has the higher upside or Sauce does, but – you have massive needs at other spots. And the other spots that you have massive needs are, are, and I hate to say it, more important than cornerback when you use last year's ninth overall pick on a cornerback in Patrick Sertan. So I would target an edge. I would target a right tackle or maybe even a quarterback before I would look for a corner's uh, direction. Just my opinion. Agreed. And I know this is kind of all of a sudden, you know, um, going left field here, but Mark Lindemood, I'm trying to, I just Googled what Razzleberry pie is. He says, I'm, I'm just eating some Razzleberry pie and watching the pod. Sounds what the good. Heck the raspberries, blueberries, and blackberries. Okay, all baked into a pie. Now These snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> you boys like Mexico? <laughs> George Fox. Well, it's now time to start getting ready for the draft pod. Uh, guys, DB, or pardon me, syntax problems for Jensen here tonight. Now time to start getting ready for the draft. Great pod, guys. Denver Broncos for life, MHH. George, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you very, very much. And yes, indeed, I have begun the process of really trying to roll up my sleeves and get to know this class so that when we get great questions like the one we just got, um, you know, we could speak with a modicum of confidence and authority. As you guys know, you know, it's not that we don't care about the draft. We do. We love the draft, Zach and I. It's just that during the football season, well, 365, Zach and I are responsible for the news cycle at our publication. All right. So we're chasing all the stories, the headlines, the buzz, the rumors, and we don't have as much time as we would prefer to really like dive into draft classes and whatnot. So this is when we start really getting into it. Yeah. Plus to me, like free agency has always been more of my bag than the draft. And once that's over, I really get heavy into it, but I've like you, I've started to kind of take my surface level diving of the draft class and I'm getting, Intimately familiar with potentially the next Broncos. Great. Uh, shout out to Chad Beach. Appreciate that, big dog. Um, Andy says, Mile High Huddle, when it comes to the skepticism of Rogers' behavior and pers uh, personality, the concerns, people, uh, do you have any faith that the tradition in Denver kind of sets some of the concerns aside? Well, first of all, I don't have any concerns right, about exactly. Aaron Rodgers' of personality or behavior. Behavior. I don't, yeah. I love that he's kind of a punk rocker, like, you know, middle finger to the to the man, right? And uh, mind your own business, stay out of my life. I'm going to go out and play football on the field, and I'm going to do it at the highest possible level. And beyond that, mind your business. Like, I dig that about Aaron Rodgers and that he's willing to kind of 
push back a little bit against the yes. powers that be, for lack of a better term. Now, that comes with a fair share, Zach, of outside the building, national media scrutiny and uh, criticism and whatnot. And coming to Denver, I mean, the Broncos and the Packers are two of the most uh, celebrated, legendary franchises in NFL history. And I think it would be very similar in that, you know, you forget about any of that off-field anything. It's not even off-field. What would you even call it? Just controversy regarding Aaron Rodgers. Real quick, when you're out there stacking dubs, you know, let's stack some dubs. That's how Aaron Rodgers silences the critics is he stacks the wins and he goes out and brings home the accolades and, you know, you get the one seed. And that's one of the reasons too, Zach, real quick, and then I'm going to serve this back to you, that I kind of feel like if he's going to keep playing, he might want to get out of Green Bay because it's very echoing of the Peyton Manning situation in Indy where, you know, he was known as the guy. Rodgers never really had this because he – won a Super Bowl so quickly into his starting career after Brett Favre moved on to the Jets and all that stuff. And that was uh, the 08 season that he got his start as a starter, did Aaron Rodgers. 09, and then 2010, so his third year as the starter, they win the Super Bowl. So he won one relatively quickly, but then from then on out, it's just getting close, you know, close to the top of the mountain, can't quite get over the hump. How many NFC title games now they has he been to since hoisting the Lombardi and come out on the losing end, et cetera? And sometimes, Zach, a quarterback like that, they just need a change of scenery. They need a refresher. It was obviously a huge catalyst for Peyton Manning. I mean, it was a big help that when he landed in Denver, there was a ton of great talent just waiting to be unlocked by a future Hall of Famer. But uh, I think such a refresh, reset type of thing for A-Rod, especially being in a familiar situation with – Nathaniel Hackett, that could be the thing. I mean, I'll, I'll put it out there. I, I don't. I, I really don't care about his whole immunization status. That that wasn't. It was only a controversy because the media was pissed off that they felt deceived and lied to because they're the gatekeepers of what everyone else can think. So, um, if he wants to show his toes off to the media, fine. If he wants to go on Pat McAfee and give an interview and and talk real, fine. If he wants to continue producing like an MVP. That's all I really care about. Can you produce on the field? Can you win me football games and play at a high level? If you can do that, I want you quarterbacking my team. I don't care about any of your affiliations off the field, your personal um, moral values, whatever you stand for. As long as you can play football and win, sign me up. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughter's bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Uh, real quick here, Lawrence Rivera jumping in. For the reasoning that Patriots found a quarterback later in the draft, I say we start doing our homework. Well, yeah, you're always going to do that homework. But you got to go like, you know, every 50 years of the NFL, you find a Tom Brady in the sixth round, right? Like, don't go hanging your hat on it. Don't go, uh, you know, making plans centered around Zach, the, the possibility of uh, Tom Brady in the sixth round. But, you know, there's also been guys not in the first round that have gone exactly. on to do great things like Nick Foles. I mean, flash in the pan, great things, but still won a Super Bowl. Uh Dak, Dak, Russell Wilson, Russ won a Super Bowl. Multi, I mean, nine time Pro Bowler, nine time Pro Bowler is Russell Wilson. So, yeah, they don't all have, you know, there's there's greatness to be found beyond the first round because scouts 
get it wrong sometimes and GMs get it wrong sometimes. Um, so yeah, dude, that's definitely something you can trust George Payton and the whole scouting department. They're, they're working on that right now. And you know what? Even if they land Aaron, I would still take a swing in the later rounds, the middle rounds, whatever, for a quarterback because you still don't have the young developmental prospect that you feel good about. And I would bring Drew Locke back. I'd bring Aaron in. I would maybe swing for a, a Bailey Zappi in the draft, a mid to late round guy. You never know what could happen. So you always got to keep swinging until you find that quarterback, no matter if it's the first round or uh, undrafted free agency. Uh, just FYI, boys, my mouse is dying on me. And now that we're live, I don't know where my charger is. And I don't want to derail the podcast any more than I just did. So you guys might have to be the ones clicking on things. Um, Phil. Anybody heard what Brittany? Anybody heard that Brittany Bolin is going to bid on the Broncos? Uh, would love to have a Bolin in the picture. I don't think she has the scratch. Does she, I mean, unless she's put, trying to put her own group together. I hadn't heard anything about that. Have you? No. Yeah, I think they're all going to cash out with whatever they're going to get from the sale. I think it's like plus four hundred and fifty million plus each, except for uh, Pat Bolin's brother, who's getting like six hundred million dollars. It's it's a lot of money. So I think they're going to go off quietly into that good night, you know, a lot richer for their troubles. Yeah, they, they've had some real troubles in this life. I mean, <laughs> you know, God bless them. Blue-collar um, lifestyle, Chad. Tarbox, are there any guys from small schools like Quinn last year that have been getting some chatter early? Yeah, there are. Um, Scott had has had quite a good report on a few of those names at the Senior Bowl. Uh, We'll see. I mean, right now the Denver Broncos are casting a wide net in terms of scouting the the positions that are the most important to them right now, the biggest holes, names right now for you. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not the draft expert. Talk to Nick and uh, Scott tomorrow morning. Ask them that, Travis. Uh, 7:30 a.m. Mountain, 9:30 Eastern. Dang it! This stupid mouse. All right, Kevin again. Thank you, bro. Seriously. Thoughts on coaching hirings so far? Lots of assistant position coaches. I mean, general thoughts, Zach, why don't you start on this one, on what the, um, the Broncos hiring has, you know, your takeaways. Well, they're very, again, very inexperienced, very young, a lot of up-and-comers, first-timers, guys coming over from the college ranks, a lot of guys that go back with Nathaniel Hackett and uh, his positional coaches. They nailed the head coaching hire. So as long as you know they had Hackett in place, I do like Justin Outen as the OC. I love the Clint Kubiak. That's the only acquisition other than Hackett that I'm truly in love with. That's not just ordinary to me because you're getting a guy who coordinated the Vikings offense last year at a pretty high level, even with Kirk Cousins and his baggage on the field, you know. So they're getting him as quarterback's coach for Locke or whoever else they bring in and passing game coordinator under Nathaniel Hackett. I think that's a coup. I'm interested to see, obviously, what Evero does coming over from L.A., being a first-time uh, defensive coordinator, and also Dwayne Stukes, if they hire him as special teams coordinator, how much better they should be uh, compared to the Tom McMahon era. I'm just excited that they're um, trying something not so much new, but different. A lot of these guys are relatively new to the NFL coaching ranks, but just from a philosophical position, they're striking out into the unknown. And sometimes innovation, you know, when you when you try to take a step toward innovation, it'll blow up in your face. And, but at other times, I mean, look, that's what opens the door to great developments, great discoveries, things heretofore unknown and thought unpo you know impossible um so in the case of nathaniel hackett and what he's building so far look when you hired nathaniel hackett and thank you jacob you're you're a prince dude seriously thank you when you hired nathaniel hackett you got an energetic younger head coach and offensive coordinator rolled into one so that in and of itself as long as you like we were saying you know hey you got to nail that defensive coordinator and Ajiro has got some juice, dude. And he's got a ring now that he's bringing to the table. And a lot of these coaches that they freaking scavenged from the Rams. Um, I mean, it's basically a collection of dudes from the college ranks, the Rams, Vikings, Niners, and Packers. And all those teams, man, with the exception, I get it, of the Vikings of late, you know, Clint didn't really set the world on fire per se in his time as an offensive coordinator. Uh, but 
the Vikings offense was definitely not the thing holding that team back from being a force to be reckoned with. Uh, for, for if any, you know, if you paid attention to the 2021 football season, that's a great point. I mean, you can do so much worse than rating the staffs of the Niners and the Packers and the Vikings teams that mostly have uh, successes and histories of winning and uh, and offensive innovation coming from the Rams, coming from the uh, the Niners as well. And also one point about Hackett, I liked who he retained on his staff as well. Keeping Zach Azani around as wide receivers coach. I thought that was really smart. Uh, keeping Bill Kolar around, Chad, as a consultant now on the defensive line. They brought in the guy. I wrote the story about him. He, they brought him over from uh, L.A. He's going to be the new defensive line coach and also retaining CP in the secondary. Uh, obviously, they have Ola Adams, who they brought in, a former head coach. They're getting him as an assistant secondary guy. So a lot of bargains, I should say, uh, among the Broncos coaching staff. And I just love the, co- the collection of youth and uh, upside and just creative drive. It's what the Broncos needed. Uh, we have a interesting question here about – quality control from Dennis Woods, another legendary member of our community and a guy that exemplifies the hashtag state of being Broncos country, not a geographic location. Y'all it's a state of being it's wherever you are. Dennis is in Michigan. He says, I don't really understand what a quality control coach does, but we hired a high school coach for that. Really explain that for me, please. Well, we can't really explain the the guy that was hired in terms of, you know, we, we don't have any statements yet explaining their why this guy was the right guy for this that or the other but a quality control coach is basically the grunt a gopher and depending on the team depending on the strengths and weaknesses of a coaching staff that quality control coach will have different responsibilities and in fact in uh, Nathaniel Hackett's hello press conference he actually spent some time uh, talking about let me see if I can find this uh, quality control coaches Uh, here's here's an example let's see uh, quote, what kept him from, let's see, uh, hold on, let me make sure I got this right. All right, there's so much respect for quality control assistance. A lot of people say, what do quality control guys do? It's everything. They do everything. They're the ones behind the scenes that are crunching the numbers and grinding probably longer than anybody. I have so much respect for that position. I always tell coaches, I did it for so long, I would never ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do myself or haven't done during that process when you're in that position it's grueling it's hard you get to find out how much you really love this game and how much you're really willing to put in it gives you a confidence that is unwavering because you know if you can grind like that do the things and try to find unique ways to make things more efficient it really tests you i'm glad i went through all of those tests i'm glad i did that for as long as i did very lucky for that opportunity you always have ups and downs in any career but in the end this is something I've always loved. It's in my blood. It's something that I'm just so happy, et cetera, et cetera. So let me give you a few specifics, Dennis. Like um, an offensive quality control coach, they might be tasked with doing the cut-ups on the opponent this week, all right, pulling whatever, you know, here's the game plan, quality assistant coach guy. Here's what we want you to pull from the opponent's tape and look for these tendencies, this, that, or the other. You know, they'll, that's grueling grind freaking monotony to do that kind of stuff and so they're kind of jacks of all but it's really dependent on specifically whatever that weakness is that the coach has and by weakness i don't mean like you know a a character flaw but like you know you hire around your weaknesses as a head coach in other words you know like what i do i i don't have time to do the draft all the time so i go bring in guys that can do that for you guys right same principle yeah, it's like the unpaid internship of the NFL. You got to pay your dues and work your way up. And uh, I know it's paid, but it's it's a very I think you used the best word there, which was grunt. It's the work that no one else wants to do that everyone else delegates. Here you do it. Laminate the binders, cut up the highlights, get me coffee, stuff like that. So every coach has to go through it, or most coaches. It's just one of those uh, the first step up the ladder. And Hackett did it. A lot of coaches do it, and uh, it's part of the uh, NFL. Uh, Lawrence says, looking at the whole ownership sitch, it looks like Elway and Ellis pushed out the Bolins and forced them to sell or face lengthy lawsuits. How does the media guy get the endorsements from Goodell and Kraft? Seems like something is going on behind the scenes. Love my conspiracy um, hat sometimes. Well, look, Elway and Ellis, they were, I mean, Ellis has been able, I wouldn't throw Elway in on this. Ellis is one of three people in the Papal and Trust. All right. And so, 
it was looking like initially the most qualified candidate per Pat Bowen's own uh, decree, all right, was going to be Beth Bowen Wallace. But somewhere along the way, she did something that pissed off Joe Ellis or he didn't, I don't know, I don't want to speculate too much, but he moved on quick to asserting Brittany Bowen as the trust's pick. The trust, you know, based on Pat Bowen's list of requisites, for whoever of his children succeeds as, as majority owner, they asserted that it was Brittany Boland, but none of the other kids, including Beth Boland Wallace, who's saying, I'm actually, if you look at my resume, uh, attorney and all the other NFL jobs or whatever she's done, I'm more qualified than my younger sister. I'm older than my sister. I'm wiser than my I should. So she's the one that has fought this tooth and nail. How much of that, um, Zach, sowed any kind of further division within the ranks of the siblings? Who's to say? But none of them could agree on a single um, – actually, it's like this. None of them could agree that it should be Brittany, and none of them could agree that it should be Beth. And so if that's the case, it's not going to be in the Bowling family anymore. The NFL has been pushing on the Broncos the last two years in particular, Zach. You need to resolve this. This has gone for six years – well, not, not six years, but since Bowling – relinquished his day-to-day stuff in the building. It's been seven years, seven years. We need a development on this front. So, and why they're trying to push for uh, Byron. Um, what's his name, Zach? Alan. Thank you. <clears throat> I mean, the NFL could really use That's... minority yes. ownership, not minority black ownership. It would be really good for the NFL. And he's a guy that's got some juice. He's obviously very wealthy. He's not on the same level as Robert F. Smith, um, but he's got connections in the business community that to put together a buying group and to where the NFL could say plausibly that we now have our first black owner in the NFL. And that will be quite a milestone. Yeah, I was going to say that's my conspiracy theory. The NFL is kind of nudging the Broncos. Hey, you know, think about hiring a person of color not hiring, but you know, uh, uh, having a person of color who owns the team. And even though it would have been a good look optics wise, if uh, one of the Bolin daughters got the, uh, the honor, but she still would have been a, a white person. So I think that's my, that's my theory. They want someone of color to own the Broncos, but I would love to be a fly on the wall at Thanksgiving dinner in the Bolin family. I could only imagine how wild those things get. To me, it's very uh, games of game of Thrones ish, you know, the Bolins and their, their um, first world problems. But I think it's pretty safe to say that, I mean, none of them have that, winner's soul i think of their dad and if any of them do i would be inclined to guess that it was beth just because of how much of a fighter she is i mean she's been oh the internet gods are not happy with chad again is he hopping back in i think i see him is he still frozen Okay, I'm going to just go on with Travis's question here. This is the solo edition of the Huddle Up podcast, temporary as it may be. Thank you so much, Travis. Who's going to hop? I know too soon. Uh, I think the high school down the road could use a quality control assistant, so Pat Shermer may be qualified for that job, but I'd be surprised if he works again as an OC at the NFL level. Maybe he'll go to college. Maybe he'll retire. I don't know. I don't care. Pat Shermer's not my problem anymore. Best of luck in the future. Corey H. hopping in. Thank you so much, Corey. $20 super. Appreciate you so, so much. Corey goes, I hate to be that guy, but I told everybody. So back last February, I said in here numerous times, it did not matter the price for Stafford. You either are part of the QB club or you are out. George Payton gets one more chance with me. You know, I I agree to disagree at the time, Corey, because I didn't want George Payton to cough up multiple first-round draft picks for Matt Stafford. And you know what? It wouldn't have mattered because they don't have Sean McVay on this roster, on this coach. They didn't last year. They didn't have Kevin O'Connell. They didn't have the perfect environment in which Stafford could thrive. He was the missing piece for someone like Sean McVay. He wasn't the missing piece for someone like Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. 
But Corey, I think you'll uh, be very impressed with George Payton and pleased by what he does because he's going to peek in. If there's any chance that Aaron's available, he will make an aggressive push to acquire the back-to-back MVP. Same for Russ or Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, et cetera, et cetera. So they're going to get a quarterback. They're going to swing for the fences. And if you feel like George Payton did wrong last year with not going after Stafford or not drafting Justin Fields or Mac Jones, I think he'll be rectified in your eyes this coming offseason. Sorry about that, guys. New device and all. I'm, I'm just cursed. I'm, I can touch right now my Wi-Fi router. I don't know what I got to do. But, you know, the mistake I made, I didn't plug the hard line in before we went live tonight. That must be my my mistake here. But um, anyways, um, where are we at? We're at 46 minutes. Do we have any other – how many more burning topics we need uh, – that are unresolved in the chat here. By the way, Corey, thank you, bro. Appreciate that. Uh, bear with me one sec. I'm just checking out the chat here. Did you grab this from uh, Travis Tarbox about Shermer? Yeah. It's fun dunking on Pat. I had a good so, time. It's so easy and it's so fun. Um, all right. Let me double check something here, Zach, on the uh, on the NFL – Pardon me, on the Broncos Newswire. Hang tight one second, guys. I, I apologize for screwing up our flow here tonight. Um, Pat Shermer eats plain grits, Tommy Simmer says. That sounds nasty, but it sounds like a Pat Shermer thing. So, Oh, I know what I was going to bring up to you. So let's talk about real quick, you know, we want to put tinfoil. That's not really tinfoil hat, but this punter, right, that's coming in. As I was writing up the news report today for us, Zach, at milehighhuddle.com, I did a quick, you know, hey, what's the um, value saved? What's the dead cap saved if the Broncos or dead cap hit and the money saved if the Broncos were to move on from Sam Martin, the punter, before June 1st? And they had they would have just under half a million dollars in dead cap, but they'd save $2.25 million on the cap. So for those wondering why the Broncos brought in kind of a relative no-name punter, that's why. They want to see if they can find a guy – that costs 600 grand um, that can give them a plausibly commensurate, you know, ability performance as a punter. And if so, Sam Martin's going to be shown the door because the guys that loved him, namely Tom McMahon, not here anymore. You know, I, I thought when I heard his name at the top of the show chat, his, he sounded familiar. I actually wrote about him. I put the article in the side chat, anyone who wants to read it, uh, it came out last month, January 18th, and I was impressed by what I uh, dug up about Waitman. He appeared in two regular season games last regular season. He averaged 52.1 yards across seven punts. His long was 63. I think Sam Martin was okay. He wasn't the worst thing about the Broncos special teams, but not exactly Ray Guy in his prime either. If they can get younger, if they can get cheaper, if they can get more explosive at punter, I like this Waitman kid. Sam Martin's just been okay. If you're a punter punting in the thin air of mile high for half of your games, you should be one of the better punters in the NFL in terms of net and gross. And I get it that he hasn't had the greatest uh, punt return coverage um, units, Sam Martin, but there's nothing about what he's provided to the Broncos the two years he's been here, Zach, that makes me think not replaceable. Like he's right. basically given them replacement level punter at a, I don't get it, dude. John Elway loves paying kickers and punters always has. I don't know why, but he does uh, real quick for Eric. Who's like frantically wondering, did they answer our question? My question about bond returning. I know I was only gone like 60 seconds or so. We didn't get to it. No Vaughn. <laughs> is there a chance that Vaughn could as a free agent now re-sign with the Broncos? Of course there's a chance. Is it likely? No. No, it's not. Don't get your heart set on that. Don't get your hopes up, Eric, because, look, Vaughn has said very positive things about George Payton in the press since he was traded. But at the end of the day, you traded me, dude. You broke up with me. You know, you you moved on from me. And, hey, it ended up being a huge blessing in disguise for Vaughn Miller. We'll see if it ends up being a blessing for the Broncos, depending on what they do with those picks they got, the second and the third. But – there's going to be in, interpersonal dynamics involved, 
even if Vaughn wanted to come back. You know, you, you turn the page on a future Hall of Famer. From a pride perspective, if you're Vaughn Miller, why are you coming back here? You know you're going to come back eventually. This is your team that you're going to retire. You know, you're a Bronco forever. But why are you coming back here? Just from a pride perspective. And that's important to these guys. So I just don't see it happening, Zach. No, one of my favorite uh, expressions that you kind of hit on there are X's are X's for a reason. And the Broncos traded Von Miller for a reason. And you know what? After a certain while during Broncos games, people were cheering for Jonathan Cooper and noting how good Stephen Weatherly played, for example, off the edge. I, I don't look for Von to come back after winning his second ring. I think he found a second home, a new second gear in his career in LA teamed up with Aaron Donald. And uh, if he comes back to any team for a reduced salary, I think it would be the Rams, not the Broncos though. Uh, for a 33 year old that doesn't really have long-term upside. They have to build that edge rusher out. Now they tried with Bradley Chubb when Vaughn was still here. Chubb hasn't worked out. They have to keep adding to that spot. They have really no one long-term they can count on right now. So if Vaughn wants to retire and sign a one-day contract to retire a Bronco, that's one thing. I don't see him coming back to Denver in 2022 regular season. I mean, the Rams would be dumb to not try and keep him there, you know, because you've got a chance to now go on a run as if you can make sure Aaron Donald doesn't retire very, very young. I don't think Sean McVay is going to do the John Madden thing. I believe him when he says he doesn't want to coach till 60, but Zach, I mean, that's a long ways down the road, right? We're talking decades. So I think, um, you know, just how motivated and high energy and focused and just all that that Sean McVay is, he's coming back and he's going to want to keep the band together to try and sustain this, try and do a, uh, you know, Tampa Bay thing where you got a two, three year window to capitalize and maybe stack two, three championships. You need Vaughn or a guy like him. If you want to do that, Vaughn's there and he, and he just got a ring. He knows he's 33 years old or at least entering his age 33 season. He's probably willing to take a slight discount because he knows this team gives me a great chance to get another ring. I mean, if we're, if I were taking bets, the odds favor the Rams, but this is the first time Vaughn's ever been an unrestricted free agent. I mean, he might want to go on sure. a whirlwind tour of the NFL sure. and see what teams out there might excite him. So we'll see. And thank you, Travis. Hey, that's a really good point. I mean, it's a first for him. Um, he's going to see what's out there. And he played – his postseason was incredible, Chad. He he tied the Super Bowl record for sacks in, in Super Bowls with Charles Haley. I mean, he made himself some money the last few games. And it's either he takes less to come back to the Broncos, which why would he do that, or George Payton overpays for a 33-year-old Von Miller who he just traded six months ago. Why would he do that? Don't get your hopes up that 58 is coming back to the orange and blue. Colby, thank you, buddy. Really, seriously, Triple C in the house. Appreciate that. Um, Michael saying, I, I'm reading that Roger Goodell wants Robert F. Smith to bid. Yeah, they're, they're, the, the rumor is that they're, the NFL is basically begging Robert F. Smith to throw his hat in the ring for ownership, who he's a legit billionaire. His net worth, when I did the report, I'm trying to remember, was it something like six, seven, eight billion dollars? All right. Byron is 400 million, best I could research. Uh, dropping the bucket compared to the money Robert F. Smith has and black NFL wants a black owner. And I think they're going to get it, Zach, whoever that next owner is of the Broncos, there's a good chance he's going to be black. And I think that'll be good for the league and a good sign of where things stand relative to that issue. Well, uh, the trust has a fiduciary responsibility to sell to the highest bidder, not necessarily the preferred bidder. So whoever ponies up the most money is going to own the Broncos. But I thought it was a little disingenuous. And I know nothing about the guy, Byron Allen, but uh, Mike Kliss interviewed him when he was in, in the news cycle. And he goes, yeah, man, you know, I love the Broncos. Elway, Peyton, spoken like a guy who's never watched the Broncos for one second. It seemed like he was trying, like he had a note card and he was trying to check off talking points. I don't know about that guy. We'll see. And like you said, fiduciary responsibility. But at the same time, the NFL's, you know, this is the NFL's league. They can grease the rails, I'm sure, one loophole or another, try and slant it toward a particular candidate if they want. But money talks in this case. So 
I mean, we're talking so much, so much money, dude. Four billion dollars is probably the floor, Zach. Oh yeah, four four billion dollars, and uh, you think, well, just put put down whatever it takes. Well, that's more money than mo- even a collective, a con- you know, consor- a consortium of hundred millionaires. You know, by I mean, like Elway, he's his net worth is up there, um, at least around a hundred million dollars. If I last time I remember it, uh, doing research on it, but either way. You know, that's still a drop in the bucket to $4 billion, dude. Like, it's so much money, Zach, that it boggles the mind. And when you think about what Pat Bowen paid to buy, to buy this team from uh, I just uh, Ed, Edgar Kaiser. It's Couch like, cushion wow. money. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's nothing now. Yeah, it was $78 million, I think it was, or something like that. It it's- was under 100 it was just a little check that he wrote and it became a $4 billion franchise. But two black men are being linked to owning the Broncos, one of which, Byron Allen, could legitimately be the next owner. Tell me again, Brian Flores, how the Broncos are a racist organization, though. I want to know more about that. Ridiculous. By the way, uh, yeah, it's, the only reports I've seen are um, north of $70 million. Most people think it was around $71 million. <laughs> so, yeah. FYI. 71 million and it's going to be sold uh let's see almost 40 years later almost not quite for four billion talk about roi baby if you're and that's just like that doesn't count the what what it's done to feed that family and provide for that bowling family in the interim right and then you're gonna so you get all that plus whatever uh you know windfall from the actual sell of the team it's ironic. Four billion is what I just paid for a gallon of gas. So in these times, Chad, <laughs> that's the things are going for more than than they're worth. Uh, I'm reminded of the Genesis song. This is the world we live in. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we're about Gonna out of it. time. Uh, got my mouse working. Got my uh, internet working. Zach, let's uh, let's head on out of here. I'll I'll pull up. Uh, back end of facebook and youtube to shout out all of our great supporters tonight yes guys this was the huddle up pod follow us on twitter until we see you guys next which is wednesday evening same time same place follow us at huddle up pod you can follow the mothership account for all your broncos news analysis rumors transactions and more at mile high huddle you can follow chad on twitter at chad and jensen you can follow myself at kelberman nfl follow scott on twitter at scout kennedy we talked about it, and I'll be about it, guys. Go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a comfortable dad hat. Get yourself a hat like Chad's wearing, beanie, coffee cups, a lot of goodies there, huddleuppod.com and facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Returning this weekend will be Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, and Kelberman's Corner, our three exclusive shows all right there. Five bucks a month worth every penny, I promise you that. And Facebook.com slash MileHighHuddlePod. Like that page and follow that page as well. And if you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things, please, guys. Oh, we have a ticker now for this. That's kind of cool. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Indeed. And by the way, we are kicking off the uh, Superstar Segments. Starting this week on Wednesday, we're going to have a sit down with Casey Nickel, who, because of his job, he's not necessarily in every single live chat, uh, but he's listening to every single podcast. And we're looking forward to that. It's a tradition we've been doing now. This will be the third off season that we've done it. Those who are supporting the show on Super Chat and on Facebook uh, will receive an invite by us to, uh, hey, come on the show. Let's let's figure out and learn how you became a Broncos fan. Who are some of your favorite Broncos? Um, what are what are your opinions on some of the key issues at hand here for the Broncos in 2022? So we look forward to talking with Casey on Wednesday. It's going to be a gas. And, guys, by the way, appreciate everyone's support on Facebook tonight. Travis Tarbox finished on top, baby, by almost double. Thank you, bro. I can't – it doesn't allow me to show share the screen anymore, but uh, Jacob Foster – Behind him, Phil McLaughlin, Andrew Baker, Miguel Lawrence, GLP, Triple C, C. Patrick, and George Fox on Facebook. Love you guys. Thank you. And our Super Chat superstars. And by the way, Wednesday night, we'll do a full update on where things stand on the Facebook contest and the Super Chat rankings. Uh, But on Super Chat, Zeus. 
God King, Mark Langley, Kevin, Dennis, Corey H. Much love and respect to each and every one of you guys. Thank you very, very much from the bottom of our hearts. And we'll see you on Wednesday. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.